Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Level Up Podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. I am Matt Johnson. Greg Harrelson is here. It's been a while since we've done a uh, kind of a mini episode, but we're talking about how the game has changed. And uh, first of all, Greg, welcome back. Man, yeah, thank you. Glad to be back and glad to be back with you, man. I'm glad we're hitting the, you hit the record button and started this thing because I think we just did three podcasts over the last 25 <laughs> minutes forgetting we were supposed to actually hit the record button. But uh, I always love, um, you know, uh, doing these with you. And I actually get a lot of people, Matt, that, that say, hey, man, I look forward to the next one you and, uh, you and Matt do. You guys got great chemistry and whatnot. Like, like we're just a great couple. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I, I, yeah, I, I tend, I tend to draw really interesting things out of your brain, uh, and of course, your brain, your brain is always running anyway. But I, I like, to, I like to pick, I, I like to pick and yeah. things out there because you always surprise me. You surprised me earlier before we recorded, and we'll have to do a whole other episode about this. But you surprised me with the fact that your entire personal like lead generation strategy is a trapper keeper, and so we'll have more to say about that in another episode. Yes. But, but set, set, I love it. Yeah, set the scene for us a little bit. So when you say the game has changed uh, and, and the agents don't know the rules anymore, first of all, where did that come from? Well, so, uh, so I'll go kind of back and forth on this. So the game yeah. has changed. It's not about market share. It's about mind share. Okay. I, and, I, and we may have even done a podcast on this or a recording a couple years ago. Oh, I know I did a recording with uh, uh, former CEO of uh, Century 21, Rick Davidson, great guy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we were talking about relevance. You know, it's all yeah. about relevance. And, um, and at that time, we were starting to think more and more about mindshare, mindshare, mindshare. The game has changed. It's about mindshare, not about market share. And what we tend to do is we chase market share. And a lot of us can be very successful in the short run at chasing market share. But you have to understand, like, the people that we complain about, like, you know, as an industry, there's a lot of complaints on, say, a Zillow. And people look at that and, and you say, okay, well, what is Zillow really chasing? Zillow owns search. Mm-hmm. Basically, they own mindshare. They own a spot in people's minds. And, and when people think of search, they go to Zillow. That's just very common. What they successfully have done while they were losing money, <laughs> they have successfully increased their mindshare. Now, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to give an opinion on what's going to happen. Do they win in the end? Do they not? It's insignificant. The significance here is the game has changed. People have just chosen to lose money to, incre- to capture mindshare with the thought that market share will follow. Real estate agents, are we're still chasing market share. Mm-hmm. And while everyone else is winning the mindshare game, today we're still touting how we're winning the market share game but if something could flip in the middle of the night and all of a sudden mindshare takes over and yeah. they start winning the market share game. Now, what triggered this? Because I remember this has been a couple weeks ago, maybe a, a month or maybe a little bit over a month ago. I sent you a text. I said, we've got to get this on recording and, um, and talk about this. And the, what, what spurred that was when I was listening or watching all the comments and posts about Realogy doing a deal with Amazon. 
Mm-hmm. And and people were like like the the you know typically any deal that's done with and like if KW does a deal with somebody, then guess what? I mean everyone's going to talk trash about KW. If <laughs> okay. if C twenty one does a deal with somebody, everyone talks trash about C twenty one. If mm-hmm. EXP does a deal with somebody, everyone talks trash about them. It's like you never see any comments on Facebook that are like, hey, you know, it's an interesting in, interesting comment. There's never dialogue going right. back and forth about what are they really thinking? Like besides what we, how we react and how we think negatively about somebody, what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, like let's get into their minds and try to see what they're seeing so we can understand the moves that they're making. Cause they're not making moves to like lose money. They're making moves because they have this vision that they're going to eventually make money. Maybe they lose in the, in the meantime, but they're not purposely going after losses forever. No. They do see some light at the end of the tunnel. So we have to sometimes ask ourselves, what the hell do they see at the end of the tunnel that I might not be looking at? And right. when we're talking negative on Facebook about how stupid that deal was and how Rilogy did this and KW does that and their, their tech is, is not really that good and this, these people are, are, you know, are selling out on their agents, when that chatter is going on, we are actually distracted from the most important thing that we need to be focused on is what target are they trying to hit? And is that a, a, a valid target? And what changes do I need to make to beat them to that target? Hmm. And if you notice, the target they're all trying to hit is Mindshare. Okay. And so I said to people, you know, I didn't say this. I don't, I don't get too controversial on, on, in social media. It's just not, it's just not worth it. Hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody has a, not everybody, just about everybody has a, 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 a Amazon Prime account. That's more, the population of the U.S. that has Amazon Prime is higher than the percentage that are Catholic. Okay, good. You ever heard okay. that? Yeah. No, I haven't, but I believe it. Yeah. Okay. On top of that, our wives trust Amazon Prime more than they trust ever, anybody else in their life. They're not only hmm. a brand that has a large membership, the trust that they have as a brand is over the top. We let them in our house. Mm-hmm. That, the, like there's nobody in history that we've trusted more than Amazon. We just don't look like, we don't think about it in this way. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon already has Mindshare. Amazon's more trusted. The people that are in Amazon's database trust Amazon more than the people that are in real estate agents' databases trust the real estate agent. Oh, yeah. And every real estate agent that has a database is Amazon's database. Mm-hmm. So Amazon has more mindshare than the real estate agent has. So I'm looking at this and say, what are they doing here, right? And now I don't know what Amazon's doing. I'm speculating here. Um, but when I look at all this, I'm like, we're missing the boat. We're, 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 we're arguing about, oh, this could take a few deals out of our production when we really need to be thinking and learning the lessons that the game is all about mindshare. And at some point, if we let everybody else dominate the mindshare, there's not going to be any market share left for us. Mm-hmm. So that's the game part. So I'll let you mm-hmm. kind of take that where you want to. Well, so here's the thing about big companies, which is that they believe certain things. Um, they, believe, they especially believe certain things that I would disagree with and that I think contradict good marketing. So I do think there's a lot of, that. there's the belief in big companies that once you build a big brand and you do build that trust and you do build mindshare, that that mindshare can then be leveraged in a bunch of different ways. The problem is that that's rarely, if ever, the case, right? They build mindshare and the mindshare works to keep 
like it keeps working in the areas where people trust them, right? So we continue to trust Amazon to deliver packages on time. We might even trust them to install something like a like Ring and allow them to put packages into our house. Yes. Does that trans, can that trust be pushed and leveraged into something, some completely different area like real estate? Remains to be seen. I, I would guess probably not. Amazon would tell you, absolutely. They'll trust us to do anything, right? Because that, that's what big companies do. Once they build that brand and they build the trust and the mindshare, they believe it can be leveraged in a whole host of different ways. I don't believe human brain works that way to where we, that trust can just be leveraged in a whole bunch of different ways. But you made a comment. <clears throat> um, I think before we hit record, that Amazon's game isn't to be in real estate. So I'd love to know more about that because from, from the perspective of the cheap seats over here, it certainly seems like they might be making a move. They're making deals with Realogy. So it, it seems like their move might be into real estate, but you're, that's not your perspective that Amazon is getting into real estate. So what, what do you think they're doing? I think they're monetizing their database. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you know, you said something like the brands like Amazon or, 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 or we're, we're using Amazon as a, as a brand quite, quite often in this call. We probably will continue, um, but we could use any brand. Like, you know, you're talking about, you know, how, how could you know, Walmart, mm -hmm. you know, get into real estate? Like, it doesn't translate right. But I don't think that, I don't think, this is all opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they have any interest in getting into real estate. But I do believe that they have every single person that a real estate agent has in their database, I do believe that they have that same person in their database. And I do believe that the database likes them, those people like them better. And I do believe mm -hmm. that they see more value in what Amazon does than they see the realtor doing for them. So, like, so we just know that they're in the database. So, yeah. I mean, is it possible is it possible that when they see somebody that buys a book on how to update your home to get it prepared for sale, is it possible that they're going to know a statistic that the people who actually click and read on those types of books on average list a property within six months of the time that they clicked on that book? And then if they click on that book and then they go purchase something like, I don't know, I'm going to say um, some grout for their tile yeah. Yeah. that they say, okay, because of that, it means this. And because of that, then this, and then does that trigger a lead for somebody? Does yeah. it that they can then turn around and sell the lead at a higher price percentage wise than any brokerage would ever make by running the actual transaction through their company? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's plenty of brokerages that are like, you know, that run, you know, um, brokerages themselves that would run, you know, profit margins of 5%. Mm -hmm. And you, can Amazon get 30%, 35%, 40% for those leads? Like, why would you want to be in real estate if you could get that type of percentage off of the top of a transaction and not have anything but an ecosystem and an infrastructure to actually support the, um, the tracking of that lead versus the other legal issues and everything you have from the brokerage standpoint. Like, I don't know why they would cross over and take on all that other stuff for just a few additional bumps on points. So you got to look at, we, we all talk about big data, right? Like, I mean, I think Amazon has some important data on these people. I agree. That'll allow them to predict when somebody's likely to do something like, so at that point, where I'm not sure if Amazon necessarily 
you know, it's not going to call somebody and say, hey, I think you, you know, are you ready to list? Mm-hmm. But their, their lead identification possibilities are unlimited. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so I, I, see, again, I, see I, don't, I don't know where it goes, but this yeah. is just, this would make sense to me. Well, and, and, you know, at the end let's of the bring day, it back to Mindshare for a second. Okay. Because uh, so so in terms of what agents, team leaders, and brokers can can do and what they need to know so that they can take action right now. So if if you if you know if you if you agree with the idea that the game has changed it shifted to mindshare. So what do you as the agent like? How, how does that translate into what we as the agents should be doing to build mindshare uh, so that we don't have to rely on a lead with from our own database, mind you, right? Somebody else telling us, hey, this person you already have in your database is thinking about moving, now you should call them. And then having to pay a 35% referral fee for the privilege of knowing that about somebody that's already in our database. How do we prevent stuff like that from happening? You know, the first thing that I wrote down, I'm writing down right now is, you know, I, I would say in my experience with talking with agents, which I do every day, you know, the biggest obstacle that we've got to overcome as real estate agents is we got to stop getting pissed off that when we get a lead that they say, I'm not interested for another 12 months. No, I'm not really going to purchase for another two years. And then all of a sudden, what do we do? That's a sucky lead. That attitude will lose the game. Mm-hmm. Because see, that's saying I can't gain market share with, if I invest any time into this person, I won't gain market share. Yeah, yeah, what they really just gave you is a gift. Yes, you just had an opportunity mm-hmm. to win Mindshare. Yeah. But we as agents are like, nope, I don't have time for that. It's inefficient. And, 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 and listen, I understand it, right? You only have so much time during the day. This is a real tough crossroads that we're at within our industry. Part of me could sit there and debate, yeah, you know what? You need to only focus on those leads that, are, that, that say they're ready to do something within the next seven days or 14 days or 30 days. Spend all your time on that. Generate, generate, generate. Look for those gold nuggets. Close those down. Great. That is going to do you well mm-hmm. for 2019. And then in 2020, those 2020 activities will do you well for 2020. But what you're not doing is you're not building a business that becomes very sustainable. It, you're building a business where you have to invest an hour and in return, you're getting a dollar. You're trading time for money. Yeah. You're not actually leveraging databases and things like that. You're never going to build a good database and have that database convert if we're only cherry picking on the front end. And I think that yeah. that's a major shift that agents have to make. And it's not easy because that's going to require us to retool our systems to be able to manage. Um, more people and more conversations, more nurture that matters. Like, you know, the pumpkin seed packets, forgive me for those that are listening that send those out, but those guys that are sending and people sending out pumpkin seed packets, this is just not value. Mm -hmm. So we have to up our game in the value that we deliver. And I don't think anyone's figured that one out, myself included. I'm thinking about it every day and I will. I don't think I've figured it out yet. Not to the level I think it needs to be. But I do know one thing. The first step is you can no longer judge a lead based on its time frame. That mm-hmm. will, you can if you want market share, mm-hmm. but that does not work if you want mind share. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would call that choose, choose tomorrow over today, which is one of the toughest decisions to make in business. Very, very tough. Um, let me ask you this. Um, I'm curious, and then we'll probably shut this one down because we've got another episode that I want to record. Um, for, for an agent that, that needs to make that shift or they recognize that, you know, that that shift is possible. 
I wonder if it's one of those one of those situations where the only way to really make that a reality to agents that right now are are trading time for money. Right now they're focused on today, and right now they're focused on market share. I find uh, this a lot in in my space. Until you've experienced the power of of something like that happening, to where somebody just literally picks up the phone, and calls you, and says, "Hey, I want to list my home with you." Like until they have that experience, I mm-hmm. think it's hard to explain to somebody how that feels. Mm. And what it would be like on the other side of that transformation if that was the majority of their business and the majority of their business didn't come from them hard charging, talking to people that are ready to make a decision within the next seven days. So, you know, to me, it's, it's one of those, it's a, it's a little bit of a chicken and the egg thing, but I wonder if you'd agree with me that if you can just get, if you can, if you can have that experience once or be around people that have that experience, like Greg, you t- like yeah. literally picking up the phone and getting a call from one of the people in your database saying, come over to my house, I'm ready to list with you. Like, I, I would think that agents, like once they get around you or they get around people that have that type of business, you get a better taste of the vision and it becomes more real to you. And then you say, okay, yes, now I'm ready to make the shift. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what, I, I agree with your point. Does that make sense? Like how, how do we, how do we give them those experiences? If we know that that, that, that would be helpful, but you're not going to get it for free in your own business until you start to nurture your database. How can they get around people, you know what I'm saying, that have that experience that they can yeah. see? Like- Let me just give you the Greg Harrelson answer. Look, if you're looking for <laughs> freaking proof before you're going to get started, then you'll always be mediocre. Okay. If, you, if you're looking for the sure thing, no, I'm not going to do I it. Don't, I don't know about proof. That's not what I'm getting. I, I know what you mean, but yeah. That's, if, if, yeah, if, you, yeah. You know, if you're looking for proof in your, you need to be convinced in your mind. You, if you need to see it before you believe it, then you're going to be mediocre. Mm. Hmm. Okay. You know, because if you got to, you just got to, you got to believe that mindshare is going to win out. You've got to believe that it's possible to create so much value within a database that you will get come list me calls. I mean, if you were to come to my office, mm-hmm. in my office for one week, I bet you you'll see my assistant put at least six people on my desk that will want to talk about listing their property. And that's just my desk. That's not all the agents in my office. Because remember, our databases are so big. Every agent is getting something similar. Maybe not six a week because their database might not be as big. But you would see probably 30 Hmm. a week on our team in our office that we we would get. It's just just everyday life to us. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, but the, the key is, is what I believed before that was that if I deliver great value, the law of reciprocity, will take place. If you're waiting for proof that it'll really work, you'll never have it. You'll mm-hmm. never get it because you have to do something before that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you came and looked at my office and you said that, then you guys or somebody would end up saying, yeah, but he's probably doing something he's not telling us. So, yeah, he's probably <laughs> this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I says, well, you can't help, yeah, you can't help that. You can't help those people. If, if you're gonna find any excuse not to take action, yeah, we can't, we can't be helpful. But yeah, I do think like know, knowing that that's possible and knowing what I know about you, uh, that those calls are coming in. It is possible. I, th- I, think, I think that does help people. And, and, and maybe we need to do a better job of it on the podcast itself of, of sharing those types of success stories. I don't, I don't know if that would help. But yeah, I, I do think there is a certain, there are people that can see the vision and, and step out and, and start doing things differently. You're one of them, obviously. Um, but I don't think that's the majority of people. 
So yeah, if, yeah if you're I agree. Those, don't, I agree. don't be in the majority, obviously. I mean, that's, you know, that's the Greg Harrelson answer. Stop being in the majority, step out and start taking action. But I do, yes. I do think it helps to have examples like you to know that there's an office where 30 leads are coming in every week, where it's basically just show up and, hey, I want to talk to you about listing my home. Like it's yeah. important to know that that exists and that that's possible. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree that there's, there needs to be something that you can see that, hey, yeah, okay, this is possible. Now I mm-hmm. can go ahead and, and, and I'll dive in. And it is. And, and you know, it, it all comes down to, I think the belief starts with, do you believe that if you added a lot more value that you could actually put yourself in a position to get a lot more business? Like mm-hmm. if somebody believes that, then the conversation's more, then becomes like, okay, what does that mean? Like what kind of value could I add? So pre-databases for me, which is years ago, and it was inspired by Chet Holmes. I've given him credit and, you know, he's passed away, but I've given him a lot of credit in that book, um, Ultimate Sales Machine. Um, But when I went and saw him and Tony Robbins at a business mastery course years ago, I mean, maybe 12 years ago, 13 years ago, um, somehow he said something. And then I said to myself, because, you know, you see like CNBC or Fox Business, you know, those uh, channels right on TV, where like if you own if if you own a Coca-Cola stock, there's so many there were so many resources for you to get information instantly on what that stock was worth, the latest news on that stock. Like you could just go to one of those channels or go to the website Yahoo Finance or something like that, and you could just see it instantly, right? And I realized that there is no Fox Business or um, news or there is no CNBC, there is no Yahoo Finance for the real estate industry. And I said, you got all these people that have these assets and they have no real time way of actually being able to just determine what's going on with their asset at that moment. So I said, I need to be that for them. Now we're talking years ago. So of course I didn't have that website. Now it's more easy now because Zillow created that called this estimate, right? Okay. They can do it in real time. We can argue about whether it's it's accurate or not. And for those that are sitting there, those estimates aren't accurate. They're more accurate than real estate agents. <laughs> oh, man, I love They it. are. Like yeah. we did a test. We look at like li- original list price to final close price. And mm-hmm. the vari- the percent was a greater variance between original list price after reductions and then expired and another reduction. Oh, and then it finally oh, I sold. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it finally sold. are pricing their own homes that they list more often as estimate would price them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're more inaccurate than this right. estimate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like for every, anybody who wants to have that battle, but please, let's, <laughs> let's have that conversation. You'll never see me anywhere in the history um, ever say anything about this estimate. Because mm-hmm. I knew that oh, the real estate agent is the last person that needs to talk about inaccuracies in pricing. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the hell that's, I was. That's going. hilarious. Never but mind. yeah, but basically your concept was, so pre, pre-databases, your idea was, I want to educate the homeowner yes. on what their biggest asset is worth. In it was actually no. Real it time was as no. possible, right? Matt, it wasn't. I didn't want to educate it. I wanted to empower them with information mm-hmm. so okay. they could make sound financial decisions in the area of their real estate holdings. I wanted to empower them. Yeah. And then I wanted to be associated with their empowerment. Hmm. Now that's what I started, that was years ago. Mm-hmm. It, the game's changing now, I'm gonna have to reinvent this and I'm working on reinventing this. Yeah. But that was the start for those, you know, that's how I got started in this. Said so I need to empower them. Hmm. I like it. 
Yeah, we got to do another episode about the that that approach. But we can talk know. a little bit more about maybe on another episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the how to gain my mind share. Maybe yeah, that would. Be I, I think we do. Yeah, good. yeah. But but I love but I love the approach and that basically that gave you a a, um, a foundation or an underpinning where all of your content that you used to communicate with your database sprang from that central idea. Yes. Right? Make great decisions about your real estate holdings. Yes. So therefore, I, hence why I would say I couldn't send anything about turn your clock back. Because right. the turn the clock back would be, wouldn't fit into the box of empowering them to make good financial decisions. Yep. Now the turn your clock back may fit into a different box that somebody says, this, this is what I want to deliver. This is where I'm going to deliver value. So it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just wasn't, that would not pass the test of what I could send out. Yeah. Yeah. So the game's changed. It's about mindshare. And I, I do think agents, we still like that's that. I think that's still the struggle is we have the opportunity to serve the consumer. The more alternatives that come from the tech world are going to be just that alternatives. The question is, do they persuade the public that there's more value in working for the, with them than there is in working with an agent? Because agents aren't going away and tech isn't going away. We're yeah. going to start competing side by side. The question is, who delivers the most value? And I think that the challenge for agents is just how do we stay in touch in such a way that conveys the value so that when they decide they're ready, they come to us naturally rather than going to the tech companies that might come in and try to swoop in with a last minute offer that sounds better, right? How do we build that trust? How do we build the mind share? So yeah, I think we do need to do a deeper episode on just your latest thinking on that. that, We'll have have to save that. Yeah, yeah. We we may have to go deeper with Mm -hmm. fewer that mm-hmm. might be part of the process is we need to go deeper in relationship with fewer people mm-hmm. and yeah. like trying to have a database of 400,000 people and think that you're going to win mindshare off of that um, mm-hmm. is probably not a good idea. It'd probably be better to have 10,000 that you really have mindshare and really just work the heck out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would tend to agree with that. I think that's the trend in everything uh, is yeah, deeper relationships, smaller groups of people, smaller hyper-focused niches. So yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think that trends are what we're seeing in the rest of the world and rest of business. Um, let's do this. What's the best way for people to reach out and connect and ask questions? Same way I tell them every time. Just go to Facebook and hit me up on Messenger. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, make sure to rate, review the show. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star. If there's a particular guest that you like, make sure to give them a shout out in the review. That would be awesome. And of course, you can always get the podcast on all of your favorite platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that fun stuff. And uh, soon to be coming to uh, new places like Pandora. So they're opening up Pandora's awesome. platform to more than music, just like Spotify did. It's not huge, but if you're a Pandora listener and you want to get the show on that, we're, we're getting the show onto that platform and there's probably more to come as more platforms and apps open up to podcast. So with that said, Greg, that was a blast. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. Love uh, it. We'll see everybody on the next episode. Take care.